0: Thank you, Michael. Good morning again, everyone. It's great to have you here. Uh, my name is Jeff Kerr. My wife, Christy, and I are the pastors here. We rent space from this Methodist church, and uh, this, they have been great hosts to us, and so we are glad that you are with us today. Um, and I see some new faces. I would love to meet you after service. If you're not a football fan and you decide to hang around for a few minutes after the final amen, then I'd love to meet you and get to know you a little bit, give you more information about the church. Um, and i uh, We're going to be in a new series today, and I I see the projector shut down. We were warned beforehand that the projector overheated and uh, shut down during the Methodist service, and that might happen again. So if you need a Bible, you're going to want to follow along the old school way um, with actual paper. So there should be a black hardcover Bible there. Um, You know it's hot in church when the projector even says, I'm out, you know, (laughs) you're on your own. Of course, this projector was um, designed during the Reagan administration. And I'm not joking, like uh, the actual mid-80s, I think, is when this projector was made, so we don't blame it for shutting down. Um, When you get to a certain age, you just don't like the heat, right? And that's what our projector did today. All right. Have you ever been in a position where you found yourself asking this question, how did I get here? How How did it come to this? How did I get here? I have a recurring dream that I ask this question in all the time. And maybe you've had dreams like this, and if you're one that you like to analyze dreams, you can give me a a psychoanalysis right now. I have a recurring dream, and what happens in this dream is I'm about to go on stage for a musical or a play or something. And clearly, I have one of the main roles. No, I'm about to go on stage, and I think to myself, I haven't learned any of my lines. I have not practiced at all. I have not been to one single rehearsal, and here I am about to go on stage there 's people out there, and i 'm going to make a fool of myself because I have not learned a single thing and I ask myself, how did I get to this point where i haven 't been to any rehearsals? What happened and fortunately, for the most time, I wake up before I go out on stage and make a fool of myself so has anyone ever i know christie 's had that I, a few of us? Okay, maybe it's something different. I often have one where I realize I'm at the end of a college semester and there's a class I've been enrolled in that I have yet to be to one time. So maybe that's the same thing. Maybe you've had that dream. So You might listen to that and you might think, well, that's you know, a fear of being unprepared or something like that. And so because of that, that's why I'm so diligent on being on schedule and starting Homestead Services exactly at 11.15. So. But every time in that dream, as I'm about to walk out on that stage, I think, how did it get to this point? How did I get here? And, of course, in real life, we have those situations, don't we? You find yourself in a spot, and you're like, how in the world did I get here? We can all relate to that. I should have seen this coming. How did I not see this coming? I should have known it would come to this. And, of course, we experience that with things that are way more important than going out on stage for a musical, right? We experience this in ways that are way more important. Things that are physical, physical health wise, relational, family, financial, spiritual, things, times when we find ourselves in a spot and we say, how did it come to this? How did I get here? Well, here's one of the reasons why. Here's how we get here and we all know this to be true. It's way easier in hindsight, right? It's way easier looking back and saying, clearly I should have seen this coming, right? It's way easier when we're looking back in the past, say, why did I not see that happening? And also, it's way easier seeing this in other people, isn't it? When someone else is going down a wrong road, it's way easier to spot that. Or when you're going down a wrong path, it's way easier for your friends to say, yeah, I'm not sure if that's such a good idea. Perhaps you know someone like this, maybe you know someone who's dating a guy, and all the friends around this girl say, this guy is not a good guy. You should not be dating this guy. And then eventually it leads to a point where they break up or the the true character of this guy is revealed. And the girl says, I can't believe he turned out to be that way. And all the friends are like, really? We all saw it. How did you not see it? We all saw it. We all tried to tell you this. And the reason for that is when we are in it, when we're walking down that path, when we're in the midst of it, we have all the emotion, don't we? We have all the emotion that's tied up into it. But I love that person. You know, my feelings are going this way, you know, but I want that thing really badly. My emotions are, you know, clouding the better judgment. But you have all those emotions in there. And when emotion is our guide, when we're just simply saying, but this is going to make me happy, and that's why I'm going down this road now. And when emotion is our guide, when feelings are our guide, we walk down a road, we will often later regret wondering, how did I get here? How did this happen? There's a very basic principle. If you were here a few weeks ago when we had our outdoor water baptism service, I kind of shared this principle as, you know, it was just kind of the introductory thought, and I was actually thinking of doing a series, you know, expanding on that. But the principle was this, talking about driving. If you're driving somewhere, the road you're on is going to determine your destination. Pretty simple, right? If we had a person come into our church service right now and say, where am I? We would say, well, you're in Farmington. And if they went Farmington... How did I end up in Farmington? We would say, well, it's pretty simple. You got on a road that led to Farmington, and you stayed on that road. It's not you know, rocket science, it's fairly, fairly simple stuff. And it's not such a big deal with roads, but in life, we find ourselves the same thing. How did it get here with my marriage falling apart? How did it come to this? How did it get here with my family a mess? I don't even have a relationship with my kids anymore. How did it get here where I am in such a financial mess? I don't think I'm gonna ever get out of it. How did it get here where I have an addiction that has gripped my life and it won't let me go? How did it get here? Maybe it's a physical thing, just health-wise. How did it get here? How did it come to this? Well, the same principle applies. You got on a path that led to this and you stayed on it. You got on the path of neglecting your family You got on a path of spending money you didn't have or pursuing lust and pleasure. You got on a path of making unhealthy choices and you stayed on that path long enough that you ended up at your destination. And now you can look back and say, boy, I should have seen that coming. Now, I have one big disclaimer to make, because you're probably thinking this. One huge disclaimer, not everything bad is a consequence of poor choices, of your poor choices, right? We know there is lots of hurt that comes into our life as a consequence of somebody else's poor choices. And we also know that there's hurt and pain caused by just, we live in a world that's fallen and sinful. Not every bad thing is a result of your choosing a bad path, but so often, It is, right? And we've seen it. We've all experienced that. So often it is. The road you're on determines your destination. And we're starting a new series today called Upright. And if we had a screen, there was a cool graphic that was made and it was awesome, but we'll just imagine it. And maybe we'll see it next week once we figure out how to cool down the projector. Um, We're starting a new sermon series. It's called Upright. And in this series, over the next several weeks, I want all of us to take an honest view of the road we are on in our life, okay? We just want to take an honest view of what path are we on and where is it headed? Because the Bible talks about the path of the upright. The Bible gives us principles that says if you live by these things, it's going to lead you good places, right? There's good news today that there is a road that leads to good things. You might have been on a road that led to heartache or relationships falling apart, or some other mess that is in your life. But the good news is there is a road that God says, here are some simple principles. If you follow this path, things are going to go well for you. There are principles that God has put in place that if you do them, if you walk this path, things will go better for you. In fact, we read in the Bible that this is the best way to live, that this is the best way to live. Now, that statement there maybe makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you've been around enough Christians or enough churches that are always like, well, our way is the right way, and you're wrong, so we're better than you, right? Christians have not handled this well in the past. But the Bible is clear. There is a way to live that is the best way to live. God calls it the path of the upright. And that statement causes many to turn away, saying, man, churches are just arrogant and narrow-minded or judgmental. They think they're right about everything. And again, we have not handled that well over the years. Or they look at God and say, what kind of controlling dictator is God that's saying, you have one way to live and it's my way, and if not, I will, you know, smush you with my big thumb, you know, and I just have to reiterate to you, God is not trying to control anybody. God's not trying to control your life. And you know how I know this? It's because we all still do dumb things, right? If God was trying to control us, you wouldn't be doing half the dumb things you're doing right now. But he simply lays out a path, and this is the truth, and this is what this series is all about, that God has a path for you, a way to live that is upright, a path that leads to life, a path that leads to wholeness and healing. And it all starts for us in Proverbs chapter 2, so please grab a Bible if you have one. There should be a black hardcover one, and there's probably not enough for everybody, so make sure you're sharing because we don't have it on the screen. Or pull it up on your phone. By the way, there's a free app, the Bible app, that's free. You can download on your phone, and it's always there. You know, you've got apps for all sorts of other stuff, so the Bible would be a good one to have on your phone. Um, it's a free app, the Bible app. You can get all the different translations, different reading plans. It's a great resource to have, so maybe you want to pull that up if you have it. But Proverbs chapter 2, I'm going to read some verses. Now, the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's like just practical little wisdom insights for life. It's like a leadership Twitter account way back before Twitter was popular. It's written by King Solomon, who was the wisest man. He was considered the wisest man who ever lived, and he wrote the book of Proverbs. And he wrote these words in Proverbs chapter 2, and we're going to start reading in chapter 2, verse 6. And I'm going to read verse 6 through 11. And as I read it, Please follow along, but even if you're just listening, listen to these words and picture this describing your life, okay? I want us to think of these words and say, boy, would that be great if that was talking about my life? So I'm going to read Proverbs 2, starting in verse 6. It says this, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright, He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. I love that. You will understand every good path, for wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Those words, can you imagine that describing your life? I read those, I'm like, that's. I want that to be my life, right? I want that to describe my life. Wisdom and discernment and discretion and knowing the right path and being able to choose the way that is wise that will lead to good places. I want to read verse 7 again. And this is in a different translation. And I had a whole thing with words underlined. And again, that serves me right for, you know, going above and beyond with the screen because it's going to shut down. Verse 7 again in the New American Standard Bible says this, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So, I had four words in that verse That I did a little word study to find out the true meaning of those. In In the original Hebrew language, I did a little research. The word sound wisdom, what that definition is: sound wisdom, upright, shield, and integrity. And I looked it up this week. And sound wisdom means success, means the ability to choose well, to stay on the right path. Upright means straight. Righteous, in alignment. I love that definition of upright. Your life is in alignment. Think about a car. Maybe you have a car that the wheels are out of alignment. What happens when you let go of the wheel? It starts turning off to the side. You can't keep it straight. It wants to pull off to the side. Upright talks about having your life in alignment. Shield, well, we know that. It's a defense. But the word used would be the word that they would describe like the, the, the thick, you know, scaly backside of a crocodile, this really like thick defensive thing. I love that idea. Wisdom and path of the upright is a shield that protects us. And the last one was integrity. Integrity. The meaning of that word is complete, sound, true. Talked about a clarity of mind. I love that. Living with an integrity, living with a clarity of mind. I love those definitions. Someone who is upright, Someone who lives with everything in alignment, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, everything working together in perfect alignment, knowing the path that you want to be on. Boy, that sounds like a great way to live and too often that does not describe me. I was thinking of this talking about living in alignment. From time to time, mostly in the summer for an exercise, um, I go, when, I, when I go to Lifetime Fitness, sometimes in the summer I'll swim laps in the pool. And there are those people who are lap swimmers, like they're the the legit ones. They've got the gear. You just see them come and you're like, yeah, they do this a lot. I am not one of those, right? I'm wearing just the normal swim shorts because I'm not putting on those other things that the other swimmers wear. And I go in and I think, I'm going to swim a couple laps. And so the first couple laps, you know, it's the basic front crawl stroke. I'm thinking, this is smooth, right? Everything's just in alignment. You know, my swimming stroke is right on and I'm not working too hard. And about two laps in, I start getting tired. And all of a sudden, my arms start feeling heavy. And I feel like I'm being pulled down by somebody. And I'm like, I'm trying to breathe, but I can't even catch my breath. And swimming turns into more like drowning avoidance, right? At that point, about three laps in, I feel like I'm working so hard just to stay above water. And that's when I notice the expert swimmers flying past me in the lane next to me because they are still, their swimming stroke is perfectly aligned. They are aerodynamic or water dynamic. They are just, I'm looking at them like they hardly seem like they're working at all right? And they're just gliding by me. I'm at a point where the lifeguards are looking at me thinking, is he swimming or is he drowning, right? Should we be concerned? So that, that was what I was thinking of, that idea of living life where it just doesn't, ever known someone like that where it just seems, man, life seems easy for them. They just have a clarity of mind. They're like those swimmers that know what they're doing. And the rest of us are just flailing, trying to keep our heads above water, right? That has described me way too many times. This idea of clarity of mind, you contrast that with the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 8. James says this, there are people who are double-minded, double-minded. They are unstable in all they do. They get tossed around by the winds and the waves. They're, They're the ones, you know, flailing around like me trying to swim in a straight line and I keep veering off path. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans, chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Paul says this, and see if this can describe some of your days, okay? For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I don't want to do, this I keep doing. Right? This is what Paul is saying. I want to do these things. I have all the intentions of doing these things, but I always choose the wrong path. That can describe us. This is a double-minded life. This is a life that is out of alignment. And we're all going to do this at times. Nobody lives perfectly all the time. Right? We're all going to fall short and veer from the path. But someone who puts the principles of God, the principles of Scripture, in their life and applies them is upright, is living in alignment. It just goes better. Life just goes better. Jesus taught this in the book of Matthew. It's a story that, you know, you've probably heard. You grew up in Sunday school singing songs about this story. Maybe you did. I did. I I will avoid singing that song today, but sometimes I just get caught up in the moment. Um, Matthew chapter 7, this is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus tells the story of the wise and foolish builder. And so I'm going to read those verses, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And Jesus is telling this story as a parable, as a way of teaching this lesson to his followers and as a way of teaching this lesson to us. says this, therefore, Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And we know this story. The rains came down, and the the rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, okay. All right, sorry, I might be the only one. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not